everybody. Welcome to another fantastic edition of Oh This Podcast. I am Patrick, and joining me virtually from the Thunderdome in San Jose is Steve. Steve, welcome. Welcome. Hello, hello. Welcome. Yeah, sitting, sitting here in Studio B in my normal recording studio because I moved all my shit to a different desk. Awesome, awesome. We are here <laughs> with our episode 30, our Dan Marino episode, you know. It's only fitting that we talk about that. Uh, it's his episode because, you know, we get to talk about some some fun stuff here today um but before we get in on that let's uh let's do the let's do the deeds of getting this uh this uh this minutia out of the way if you haven't the business the business if you haven't done so make sure you've gone to oh this podcast.com uh take a listen to any of the shows that you can see there subscribe to the youtube channel uh follow us on twitter facebook uh we're not following on Instagram per se. You can follow us personally on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you haven't done so, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Also, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, do us a favor. Uh, leave a review. Tell people that you like it or also tell people that you hate it and why. And we will try to uh, make things better. But, yeah. We, yeah, we're here to help you. You know, we, we encourage feedback. It's a service business where we serve us. <laughs> Something along those lines. But uh, without further ado, Steve, tell us what the beer of the week is, and let's hop in on this day. Oh, yeah, and we are dealing not with a lot of hops this week. We are going on the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, We're going up to uh, the fantastic state of Wisconsin to celebrate another fine beer from New Glarus Brewing Company. And we are taking in their delicious Wisconsin Belgian Red, uh, which is a uh, basically a gargantuan uh, cherry pie that they've stuffed into a bottle uh it is a <laughs> pretty apt analogy right it, there it really i mean it the thing it pours ruby red um and it is just i mean every bit of it it, it it's just it's got a pound of cherries per bottle uh so it's uh, it's sweet i mean it, it's it looks like uh, what you would think almost like pie filling would you know if you were to distill or a, or a ferment uh a beer out of what that you know all of that that's what you would wind up with it's uh very low alcohol content it's only about four percent uh um, abv um but uh it's just i mean it's got the sweetness and then uh, just enough tart to uh kind of balance things out and uh yeah i mean there's uh you know with it being from new glarus the only place you can go and get it is up in wisconsin um and if you're ever in wisconsin i can't recommend highly enough that you pick this beer up because it's something unlike pretty much any other beer um, that you're going to kind of find their fruit beers are one or just some of the best things I've ever drank in my life. Um, and uh, you can drink a lot of them and not have to worry about anything. Cause like I said, it's only about 4% alcohol. So uh, they, they tackle more than one front for you. And uh, yeah, it's a 97 on beer advocate and a hundred on rate beer. And uh, yeah, I mean, cheers. I mean, you, this is just a, a glorious beer for the, uh, you know, the, a nice April uh, afternoon to uh, imbibe in and enjoy, uh, you know, with the company of friends. That's 100% true. And let me tell you, uh, from previous experience, a 12 pack is a case of it. it's going to run you about 120 bucks. Yeah, but it's all because they're they're bombers. They're big. They're yeah, they're they, they come in a big uh, Belgian uh, bottle of and it's a yeah, it's a uh, bomber and the uh, cap is waxed on uh, it's a very uh, elegant bottle and uh, yeah anywhere pretty much honestly you can get this beer uh, just about anywhere in Wisconsin I mean they, they even sell it in gas stations up there so uh, it's not as though uh, you can't find it when you're up there you just have to be in Wisconsin to get it for sure for sure and I think the best way to uh, take the analogy of it it's like drinking a bottle of wine in terms of uh, 
what you're going to class, you know? Yeah. And, and a high they, level kind of class. Of, they kind of advertise it as like a, a blend of beer and wine. I mean, it's, it's a full blown beer, uh, but uh, it's kind of like a happy medium between the two. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Steve, cheers and let us <laughs> let us hop in on the first segment here and i think it's only apt and fitting for us to take and talk about um the nfl draft you know what wow we got a little turd of a as bears fans last night um, yeah it was interesting <laughs> um, um but there's I'm, lots of fan bases across the country that over the years have had turds dropped on them like that like highly <laughs> promising uh draft picks that you're like okay that kind of makes sense and then other ones that are just like eh, i don't know so i think our first yeah. topic today like which you pose to us is man let's talk about the the 2017 drafts what we've seen so far but then also nfl draft picks we really wish panned out and oh that, for sure i mean, absolutely didn't yeah i mean the draft is just a time of like eternal hope where you're like all right like our the team is going to get better no matter what tonight um, and unfortunately, it's not always the case because sometimes you draft people at very important positions that wind up not being very good at the sport that, that they're playing at a professional level. Obviously, they're talented athletes, uh, but uh, sometimes guys just don't hack it uh, when they're you know on the big stage. Um, the Bears, I mean, this year uh, traded up uh, and decided that they were going to take a quarterback and they took Mitch Trubisky. Um, and I'm less, I'm, I should say, I'm, I'm more upset with what they traded in order to move up one spot in the draft than I am with what they picked. Right. Um, for sure. Because, for sure. because I think he would have been available at number three rather than at number two. But well, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, there's other information that goes into those decisions where they, you know, they might've been told, Hey, you know, another team's going to jump up and take this, you know, take Trubisky out in front of you. You know, if this is the guy you really want, this is the, you know, the price playing poker. So, um, you don't always know, but uh, it was definitely a very surprising pick for me. I was I was less than thrilled with it. I'm not. I'm still not. Uh, you know, 24 hours later, I'm not necessarily excited about it. But uh, uh, you know, it's just kind of one of those wait and see deals. Yeah, drafting a quarterback in the league in the first round top pick is not a, you know, with the exception of I think was it Peyton Manning who was number two to a uh ryan leaf who was number one uh in the 98 draft or was it yeah it was after the it had to be in the 98 draft i mean it just doesn't make sense to draft a quarterback that high and paying them that money to pan out well like, anymore it's it's i mean quarterback play has really devolved over the years with the evolution of the you know spread offenses in college and like the uh you just the general non-pro systems where I mean, you have guys who, like even Trubisky, I mean, he's taken 98% of his snaps out of the shotgun. It's like, well, that's just not what happens in the NFL. So, uh, you know, it, there's there's always going to be an adjustment to playing professionally from, play, you know, after you're done playing in college. Sure, but sure, sure. It doesn't, it doesn't help anyone, I think, in the college game when you're playing in one of those systems that just kind of ignores what's going to happen at the next level. It doesn't prepare you for, uh, you know, the, in the best way possible for when you're going to become a pro right and that's well it kind of makes sense because they're not there to prepare you to go pro they're there to win at the college level i just exactly. think it's i just think it's interesting um especially for the bears pick because they just spend all that money on glennon right uh what yeah is that, it's a very million? questionable like it, the strategy the overall strategy is where it's like okay what's going on here 
Yeah, I guess they said he was a pretty boy, so they're trying to use that as a marketing thing for like the future and stuff. But well, well, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But I think uh, one of the things, like you said, is like all these teams go into these drafts with like eternal hope, and then you know you look at it, it's like okay, well, these rookies may not pan out. You may get better things through free agency. But looking at let's look at some of the draft picks that you really wish would pan out over the different years. Like I can, like I mentioned Ryan Leaf, who was you know the basically the the one he was gonna be the one in san diego and like you had the two quarterbacks and they took a chance and i i didn't get it personally when it happened over peyton manning because you Mm -hmm. know but there's teams that do this all the time so another one that i can think of is when the bears went high and drafted Cade mcnown and he just just straight up shit the bed like we're not even gonna take in uh sugarcoat what his career was like yeah i mean it's never, I mean, or I should say never, but and it's pretty rare that it's completely on the player just not being able to play because right. part of it's organizational ability to either fit that player into a scheme or to help properly develop a player or even put a guy in a, or evaluate the player to a point where you'd say, hey, this guy is a fit for our organization. Um, and like, like you said with Kate McDowell, I mean, that was just a, a failure on multiple fronts. I mean, he was he was doomed from the start with bears and right. uh, he, he didn't have the, the makeup to, to play the game at, at that level. He didn't have, I mean, the bears offense was just a disaster at that point. Any in, in time, anyhow, um, it was just, I mean, you, you put some of these guys in it and you bill them as that, that they're going to be the savior. And it's like, uh, it's a team game. I mean, a quarterback can take you a really long way um, and you can't, you can't be a very successful team without a decent quarterback, but it still takes a lot of other players in order to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I think before you jump into like other, the actual list of Mm -hmm. picks that you have, I want to take in, just say that my main frustration being a Chicago bears fan, my entire life was the drafting of very prominent running backs in the nineties and early two thousands. Oh, sure. Uh, So (laughs) it's for me, it's, Rashawn Salam, who Heisman, that was a that was a bust. Rest mm-hmm. in peace, Rashawn. That's unfortunate story there. Uh, Curtis Enos and Anthony Thomas, the A train. Oh like, yeah. When you and, look at like man, they had like each of them had one good season, like one yeah. shockingly good season. And I then, I you just reminded me of Anthony Thomas because I I got an Anthony Thomas jersey I think for my birthday one year like after his rookie season. <laughs> yep. After he went for like 1300 and I think it was 2001, the bears went yeah. to the playoffs and lost the Eagles and Curtis Enos. I mean, I think he, he didn't he have two serious knee injuries or something like that, but that, uh, I mean, obviously he struggled, you know, in performance, but I think he had some serious knee injuries too, which obviously you can't account for that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just never worked for him. I mean, yeah. he never recovered from that point. Yeah. So, um, who, so who do you got, who do you got on your list is like, just, very sadness. Well, we'll just we'll just go one step further now that we're talking about Bears running backs because uh, uh, right right on near the top of my list is uh, Cedric Benson, uh, who had had a career in the league. Don't get me wrong, but uh, never worked out for the Bears. I mean, he had. Uh, I mean, when he got drafted, it was you know he never he didn't really expect to be drafted by the Bears. I don't think, and uh, and he just there was just a, a battle between him and Thomas Jones. 
uh, Cedric Benson was just wired differently than a lot of the guys. Sure, that, I mean, sure. the, that Bears team was in you know, very much a defense-led team, and he just had a different outlook on life, and it just never jived um, in Chicago. And he got nicked up a couple times, and it was just done with. I mean, he, then he bounced out to Cincinnati, and I, I think he spent some time in Green Bay briefly, didn't he, too? It's maybe like a third down back or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think he, I think he was up there for a little bit too, but uh, yeah, I mean, never really lived up. I mean, he was number four overall, and never really, uh, you know, that that promise was never really fulfilled. Well, it's it's interesting because you look at the Bears right now. The past few years, I mean, they got Jordan Howard, they had Forte, which is a draft, and they've had great seasons. Uh, Jeremy Langford, like some decent running backs, but like initially when you said like Cedric Benson, I thought of another one that came up to bat. It's like uh kajana carter penn state uh, oh yeah <laughs> in the 90s like oh gosh it seems like i don't know why but it's like if you've won awards in that level it seems like you're bound for a ton of scrutiny going uh, into i think it. it just puts a lot of pressure on you um i mean you get you get looked at differently and and evaluated differently I mean, um, Eddie Lacy is getting scrutiny from that, you know, all the time. Right. You yeah. Know, his, I mean, he's, he's got some other issues too. I mean, he needs, you know, his weight has been a problem, his, his career. And, uh, you know, he's got some injury concerns, uh, there, but yeah, I mean, it's certainly, I mean, anytime you're in the spotlight like that, you're going to have additional expectations on you when you go to the next level. And, uh, you know, that's, that's just inevitable. Who was the Alabama running back from a couple of years ago that washed out of the league after being a Heisman? Uh, um, who couldn't hit the hole like he was oh you're God. not thinking of mark ingram are you no mark ingram did it there was uh, mark ingram played uh trent richardson played yeah for a little while. yep trent yeah yeah <laughs> he definitely was a bust yeah uh jamarcus russell oh yeah jamarcus i mean yeah uh man talk about a guy who could he could absolutely launch the ball too uh I mean, he could throw it from his knees like 55, 60 yards almost. Yeah. Uh, but uh, just I don't think ever really wanted to play the game at that level, at the pro level. Like didn't didn't prepare, didn't keep himself in shape. I mean, that was just a, a, a bad set of circumstances there. Um, yeah. So another going back to my running backs, and this is actually another Bears running back um, and not a particularly good one. Just one that I like this is, it wasn't like a, a big expectation or anything like that, but I, you know, like the mid nineties, I think it was like 95 when Northwestern got really good and they went to the Rose bowl, I think under Gary Barnett, yep. um, Darnell Autry was like the thing. I mean, that was the big thing in Chicago. And I was just, just old enough now, like to, at that point to like everyone talking him up and he got, he wound up getting drafted by the bears, I think in the fourth round or something like that. And I've heard this story on like sports radio that like he got drafted and like he was never expected to be like a feature back, but uh, he went into camp. I think it was Brian Cox was the linebacker on the bears and they were in the locker room and Darnell Autry had like every conceivable pad that you could possibly like find in the locker room, like on his body, you know, shoulder thighs, like all like pads that guys don't wear like in the pros. And Darnell, that's not for that particular yeah, region of your body. He's got like and, three cups and Brian on. Cox, Brian Cox just kind of looked at him and like laughed about it. Cause it's like, this dude is wearing like all these pets. Like there's no way this guy's going to last in the league. And right. obviously he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> One that I like is he didn't go undrafted, but he had a career is uh former Kentucky quarterback, 
Jared Lorenzen, Jared Lorenzen. <laughs> who uh, most recently uh, was playing for the North Kentucky River Monsters of the uh, ultimate. He's, uh, he's an inspiration to uh, large uh, men who can throw large men anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, like, I don't know why that popped into my head, but like he, he could chuck the ball. He had 10,000 yards, over 10,000 yeah. yards in his yeah. career. Like he had a 126 passer rating, like in at Kentucky, like absolutely insane. It's, but it's tough to be in the NFL when you're pushing three bills at the quarterback position. Yes. <laughs> Multiple of that, you know. He yeah. Was well, I think he was over that at times, but like. Well, oh yeah. I mean, most certainly. I mean, from the points where I saw him after he was in the league, he was well over, well over that. But uh, I mean, Godspeed to him because Jesus. I mean, to to be that big and still be able to play a sport like like football is just insane like and not being in like a lineman position like dude actually playing a skill position is kind of crazy hey hey lineman is skill position well I, I, everything is a skill position but uh, right right i take offense uh, to that um <laughs> another one that i could think about in the quarterback realm of just bust is obviously david carr like that was one you know yeah and, and that's one where i don't necessarily think it was all his fault either because oh it's it was, it was a houston situation you know he got put behind an offensive line that had no you know i hate the the comparison when people would be like oh would alabama beat you know the the cleveland browns it's like in all, in in no circumstances would a college team lose i mean it's just not happening like a, right, a right. college team is not going to lose to a modern professional football team but uh that it's not the, gonna those a early those team. early houston texans offensive lines were just terrible yeah I yeah mean, he I, got hit an unholy amount of times he got hit a lot but also part of the problem was he had that he had that gunslinger sidearm mm-hmm. um and so when he got there i can't remember who was was it gary kubiak who was the first coach I'm blanking. I don't, I don't remember if he was their first coach. He was there for a while. Uh, I'm blanking on the Houston's first coach, but they had to change his mechanic from throwing like a three quarters to a sidearm pass, mm-hmm. which he got away with in college because, you know, playing in the WAC for Fresno State, you could do that to actually throwing the ball where it's like over your shoulder. Like I, he right. was throwing over 12, 15 foot ladders and people on top of them to try to get passes in there. You put you couple that with. Uh, um, what you gonna call it? <laughs> that line, it's just not gonna work out for him. Any ones that you can? Who else do you have on your list? Okay, well, going to real quickly, one that broke my heart because one of my favorite college football games ever. Uh, you know the the Texas USC game. Uh, Vince Young. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't give a shit about Matt Leinart, but uh, Vince Young, I thought was gonna be the goods in the NFL. I really thought like, I I think like Cam Newton was what he what he is is what i thought vince young was going to be um and uh just didn't happen for him i think he's playing for the uh rough riders up in canada right now though uh saskatoon saskatoon oh no excuse me so vincent's comeback extends to saskatoon he signed with the saskatchewan rough riders i know that for okay. a fact which is where uh, um, former former niu uh and heisman finalist jordan lynch was playing for a while oh they get that extra ten yards that really makes a difference, you know, in the wider <laughs> fields. It's a, it's it's remarkable. And, and the running start for the wide one wide receiver. <laughs> head start, you know, head start zones right there. <laughs> oh my gosh. We could talk about football for days, I think, 
well yeah that, i mean that's a, a topic that has no boundaries because well especially with us as bears fans we have no shortage of uh heartbreaks when it comes to the draft i'm gonna set the line uh four over under bears wins this year yeah oh i haven't looked at the schedule but uh four is four is a tough number um i'd say push maybe yeah I, I think they might push the four if it was four and a half i'd play under okay well yeah, we're gonna ta- we're gonna ha- take you make it have to make a decision there. So Steve, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that they're going. Well, I'll, I'll say over, but uh, not not by much. Yeah, maybe four point one. Yeah, they'll we'll, do. It with- we'll say we'll say they're gonna get five, but it's gonna be a fluke five. <laughs> it always happens. They're gonna ruin their draft picks for next year. Absolutely, so. they will. Awesome. What are we talking about next? Segment two. We're in it. We are going thick. We are rolling out here, and uh, this is. Not necessarily near and dear to my heart, but uh, a movie that I watched fairly recently a and uh, a, f- a fine feature film of the uh, 90s. And uh, we talk a little bit about uh, Jurassic Park, my man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> because Very odd. There, are, there are some important things that uh, I, you know, and, and, you know, we really come to wrestle with when we're when we're watching movies like this, especially ones that we kind of grew up with in a sense. Um, but I gotta, I gotta pose a question to you. And it's like, if you were going to be a character in the film, Jurassic park, who would you be and why? Oh man, this is, uh, this is hard because I, can we choose the dinosaurs? Like, can you we... can choose, I mean, the world is your oyster. You can, you can choose whatever you want. Okay. I'm going to pull up some of the dinosaurs here because I can't remember them. Uh, <laughs> you, right you don't know them by their, uh, uh, by their technical, their scientific name. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh, uh, I can't remember which ones are which, so I gotta make sure I have that. But yeah, you know, I don't know. Like people would say, like I remember the the Jurassic Park the video game. Remember that crap? Oh God, I love oh. that video game. Where you show, shot blow darts at things all the time, dude. If you had the Sega Sega Genesis or or a third party controller that had a turbo, you'd basically turn that little dart gun into a machine gun. Yeah, so I think for me, if I had to do this, uh. I would say it would be much easier to take in uh, anthropomorphize myself into <laughs> the dinosaurs, the TV show. Well, you've always wanted not to the be mama. a dinosaur. I mean, not most people don't know that about you. Oh, yes. You know, <laughs> got to get a real job. <laughs> you ever see the movie, the TV show Dinosaurs? Hell yes. Not the mama. Whack with the frying pan. <laughs> we used to have a joke that one of my like owners of a business that I used to work at was the boss from the dinosaurs. Oh, God. That's so good. Okay, so back to Jurassic Park. I don't know if I would be... Man, I'd probably be the attorney who gets eaten by the T-Rex on the toilet. <laughs> you know, because he's like... He's there, he's questioning You want to go where you're happiest. Yeah, right? I'm practically skeptic about being on this dinosaur island as it is. And it's like, <laughs> yep, this is why I'm here trying to see if I'm going to give more money. I just thought the old man was a creepy dude, you know? He got yeah. really offended by, uh, what was it, Dr. Grant and Jeff Goldblum's prodding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, they were right, <laughs> all in <laughs> all. Like, you can't do this. You can't harness. Talk about a movie that talks about really uh, an interesting thing with trying to control people and chaos theory, right? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I I wound up, obviously, like, you know, I, I wasn't old enough. You know, I, I was only 
six, I think six or seven when the movie came out, you know, so I didn't, wasn't reading Michael Crichton books at that point, but once I got to middle school, I, re- I wound up reading it. Um, and then, you know, then you kind of compare the two and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's certainly a, an interesting concept that they have laid there. It's not as though it's supposed to be just, it's not all about, Hey, look, we just decided to make dinosaurs. I mean, there's some underlying, you know, uh, philosophical points that they're trying to make with it. Yeah. It's about like controlling the unknown, uh, trying to take and do that. I personally wasn't, a f- I loved all the books. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan of the second or the third much. Um, no, no, they, they tried to take and do that, but yeah, I think if I'm the if I'm the guy, I'm obviously that attorney. You know, that's joking. Everybody kind of wants to be Jeff Goldblum sometimes in that movie. See, yeah, I mean that's that's just such a typical choice. I wouldn't I wouldn't pick Jeff Goldblum if I was, you know, and he's certainly not the character I'm picking. Yeah, but I would be a Velociraptor and I would test the fence because you know that's just what you do. Well, um, yeah, I mean that's that's the basis of science. You know, yeah. test, you know, form your hypothesis, test it, and then you know see what the results are. Yeah. People would think that the T-Rex would be a lot of, like, oh, I'm going to be the T-Rex. It's like, no, eh. He's really Tiny arms. Tiny arms. Tiny arms. Can't do push-ups. <laughs> uh, I think the baby Velociraptor, when they're showing, like, the egg uh, incubator, like, mm-hmm. where it's, like, and they crop down and he's trying to bite. <laughs> he's biting the guy's finger. It's like, oh, it's so cute. It's a little puppy, like, Velociraptor. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, doing that. And then whatever the dinosaur is that uh, I'm blanking on the name uh, that was the little like small kind of like squeaky dinosaur in the rain when Newman was trying to. Oh get out. damn it! You stole my goddamn dinosaur. Uh, where <laughs> that would be another one. The, the like the, the turkey, the ones that that shoot the venom. Right? Yeah, the Ocellosaurus, yeah, the, the Dilophosaurus. I think they Dilophosaurus. Are. Dilophosaurus. Okay, like so tell me why you want to be a Dilophosaurus. Well, why the fuck wouldn't I? I mean, you can spit venom. I mean, no, they. Now that's not scientifically proven, dude. They I can spit venom. Give me sixteen <laughs> bars. Spit hot fire. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean the, the. I mean that's pretty much my entire rationale for it. Though, like I said, though scientifically they took some uh, they took some uh, liberties with that dinosaur because they, I think they shrunk it because um, they didn't want people to confuse it with the Velociraptor because size wise they were actually fairly similar. I thought they modified um, and, it to fit your screen. <laughs> yeah, also that, but uh, the yeah, so like the, the in the movie, the dinosaur, like it's not necessarily an accurate representation of sure. what the dino- what they think the dinosaur uh, would have looked like. But yeah, I mean, if I have the ability to spit at someone and blind them and or injure them, I mean, I want to I want to harness that ability and use it for uh, you know for whatever purposes I deem to be uh sufficient for that especially if it's you're doing it to newman right i <laughs> uh, 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 didn't say the magic words uh, yeah uh, uh. well i mean tying in there because that is going to be the segue into my i i, I picked two characters because i mean that's my dinosaur but i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna live in reality here and i'm gonna i'm gonna pick a human character that i want to be uh i'm gonna take ray arnold because one samuel jackson is the best uh which i think is his actual full name and it was like John, but they, again, they, they used his middle name rather than his, his full name. Like, sure. Sure. Where, one, you got to hold on to your butts, but uh, the, see, like this is a perfect dynamic because he is consistently frustrated by um, what's his name. I think Newman's character was Nedry or something like that. We'll find out. I think. Yeah. So he's consistently frustrated by his hacking. He bitches about his hacking. 
He bitches about his workstation. Um, and then of course, the, I mean, I think the best part about him is that like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to die, I want my death to be something fucking cool. Like you don't want to like, you don't want to die and be like, Oh, well, yeah. You know, you just, he passed away peacefully in his sleep or whatever like that, or, or, you know, natural causes. No dude gets murdered, just torn to shreds by a velociraptor. <laughs> and I want, I want that on my headstone. Like, you know, you know, died, you know, 1994 torn to bits by velociraptor. Uh, 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 I didn't say the magic words. <laughs> <laughs> and Wayne Knight was Nedry in there. Like, yeah. Uh, and if, and if the Velociraptor said that to me before, before <laughs> he shredded me to pieces, that would be perfect. <laughs> yeah. And it's not that I like, like, I remember when that movie came out, I was what, eight years old. Uh, mm-hmm. I was scared of it. Like the first time I saw it, it was a scary movie. It gets obviously as you grow up and understand that they're not real dinosaurs. Um, and wait i'm are you, are you sure <laughs> i'm dropping the bomb on you those <laughs> ones were not real dinosaurs and there was no one was well some people probably were harmed in the filming of that movie <laughs> but most weren't uh it gets it's like it's really good but yeah you think about the um the underpinnings of the storyline it's like wow this is really a deep deep story uh i have a serious 100 serious question for you since you said samuel l jackson and, and we're taking and talking about reptiles, right? Mm-hmm. So dinosaurs. Uh, so Samuel L. Jackson reptile movies, lightning round. Which which was better? Which would you rather be on the set for with Samuel L. Jackson uh, in Jurassic Park or Samuel L. Jackson on Snakes on a Plane? Snakes on a Plane. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because... That's that's Samuel Jackson fully realized and aware of what what he's done and can wrap every cliche into into saying what he wants to you know in in that movie and it doesn't land flat because that's what the premise is. Do you think they got bonus miles for traveling with snakes on a plane? <laughs> yeah, like did, did United like have to uh, <laughs> to compensate the passengers on that flight for uh, the issues? That didn't, they had. <laughs> yeah, didn't they make like two or three of those movies too? I think they uh, made like a second one. I don't know if they. I don't. I don't. I mean, if they made it, I certainly didn't see it. But then again, they've made like four Sharknados, which I've seen. I think three of. So oh, I mean, crazy. it's entirely possible that they've made that snakes have gotten loose on a plane more than once. God, did you see that snakes? Uh, did you see that uh, Capital One commercial? Uh, uh, with what? Which one with Samuel Jackson? Uh, the one with Samuel Jackson, Chuck, uh, Charles Barkley, and also Spike Lee this year for the tournament. No, and, I don't think I saw. Oh one. God, it's hilarious! I'll tee it up for you. It's it's gold, <laughs> and it's the, uh, uh, they're they're fl- they're flying on the jet. Okay, they're flying first class, okay. and they're all eating meals. And Chuck goes over to Samuel L. Jackson. He's like, "What are you eating there?" He's like, "A steak," and he's like, "Where are we at?" on a plane so it's like <laughs> what is that steaks on a plane <laughs> and they just start looking at chuck's like laughing spike lee turns up how long have you had it uh joe climbed up he's like chuck's like i've had that since the movie came out <laughs> perfect charles barkley joke i was like That's yeah great. absolutely you have um, to watch it with uh with jurassic park like you said like it was a scary movie like how about like I mean, it's just always fun, I think, to go back and watch movies and like because Jurassic Park at the time was, you know, from a graphics perspective and uh, special effects, like was like a groundbreaking 
film for like all the CGI stuff they did with the dinosaurs. And uh, it's just kind of fun to go back and like see those movies where you're like, that was the top notch stuff that they did in 19, you know, when they were making it in 92, sure, 93. Sure. But it's like, holy hell, man. So, like, it's crazy to see how some of that stuff doesn't pass the test of time. Cause it's like, I mean, some of them look, you know, in, in some of the shots that are, you know, further out and just kind of establishing your background shots. It's like, all right, yeah, that's fine. But like when you get up close, you're like, yeah, that doesn't look like a real thing at all. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like movies like Homeward Bound. That doesn't really stand the test of time in sort of cinematography. Uh, Blank Check. That's another one when I'm thinking about like computer animated <laughs> graphics. No, I'm just kidding. Like uh, <laughs> one of them that I want to go back and watch and we've mentioned him uh, before as part of uh the music episodes uh godzilla and the, the godzilla the, fine, the matthew the, the broderick remake. yes <laughs> that one to me was like oh god like that's... who who wins in a fight the well I, this is probably a lopsided battle i shouldn't propose it i was gonna say a t-rex or godzilla godzilla clearly dominates that fight oh yeah because godzilla is like a modified t-rex so yeah yeah that's not fair and he's yeah he's got the armor i mean that's a yeah that's not a fair battle um but uh yeah i i i fully support the uh going to see the you know the fine feature film godzilla or any other of the uh uh 90s uh cgi films to be to be proper for any of that well we were talking about this last night at dinner we were talking about just like it doesn't have to go to that we were talking about marvel films like marvel early 2000 like if you looked at Spider-Man, like how far it's gone in the 2000s in terms of CGI, like the Spider-Man in the first movie, whenever it came out, like when he was flying through buildings, it was like just, just this little dot going, jumping between the buildings and stuff. <laughs> it's like, OK, that's guys, come on, you can do this a little bit better. Uh, and then now they just look fantastic and I mean, how they're clearly, all just walking ads. Clearly, you missed the most important part of that first Spider-Man movie because the, having Macho Man Randy Savage as Bonesaw is the most important part of, of that. <laughs> that that's awesome. So if you had a all expenses paid trip to go to uh, Jurassic Park on opening weekend, uh -huh. would you have gone to it? Yeah, I think Prior, I probably would. Yeah, yeah. Like it would if they didn't do the test run. Yeah, what's it? Well, I forgot the name of the island, Isla something or other, but uh, uh, yeah, I would I would probably Hawaii. Gone. Uh, <laughs> right, the big yeah. island. Yeah, the uh, I would. One thing that shocks me about that movie, though, is like the, those people are obviously like huge scientific outlays, like you know millions upon millions of dollars in the genetic research and everything, and they can't fucking predict that a tropical storm is going to hit the island. Like you're going to, I mean, I know it was you know the the early '90s, but like they still damn well had meteorologists back then. Come on now, like you can't tell me that they didn't see that storm coming from a mile away. Yeah, and they, they didn't have enough <laughs> infrastructure. They all had to get to the single boat. But then again, with the uh, you know the fiasco that uh, fire festival thing, I guess it's uh, I mean it's still even possible now. <laughs> yeah, I guess you never know, right? Jeez. Um, God, what else? Who else is there? Like anybody else that we need to talk about in this movie? That I mean, was like obviously Nedry is the probably the the best part, you know, like the small part character in that movie. I mean, it's got Wayne Knight in it. And it's he's just like this, like prototypical. I shouldn't say prototypical, but like you could definitely see him as like this, like with the age of computers coming up and about. It's like <laughs> hey, hey, hey. he's he's perfect <laughs> for that point in time. Like the the public's perception of 
what's going on in like the computing world at that point in time. I resemble that fact. <laughs> I don't resent that fact. I resemble that, I guess. <laughs> wow. We get to do it again. More DJ air horns. Okay. I'm going to let you just tee this up straight up. You get to tee right. the third one up. Segment I, this three. Is a, this is a topic of serious consideration for, for people our age because, you know, we were we were you know spending our formative years at uh, uh, you know listening to the various uh, uh, pop and or rock and or country music of uh, the time, and uh, you know you always kind of get that fantasy in you where you're like, man, which if if I was a member of this group, this is what I would do, or hey man, I really wish I could you know be in that group of those guys because they're doing some cool stuff. So we've got to answer the age long question of. If you've got the choice to be in one of these two groups, which one are you going to be in? And the, the two choices you have on your hands, my friend, are going to be the world-famous groups, boy bands, the Backstreet Boys, or NSYNC. Interesting. Interesting. So just a quick uh, consultation of the internet. If you're going to go sheer economics, which I might be looking at here, mm-hmm. uh the Wikipedia is quoted that uh, they have sold over 70 million albums during their career for NSYNC. Okay? Yes, which is, is you know, they're no slouch, but let me hit you with some knowledge. Uh, but it also says that the Backstreet Boys sold roughly, I think it was, uh, I saw it as 120, 130 million. So let me just point this out that, man, they, go, they sold a lot of records. Um, which is crazy to think about well one now because like no one is buying physical media any longer but two like that's just an unholy amount of fucking albums being sold yeah who would you be who who would you be i think okay let me rephrase that i think i would be in either of them at the time like if (laughs) i was like in middle school oh yeah backstreet boys suck so if you were if you were basically you're taking the position of like all right, so you're going to hop in with, you know, say you're, you're going to start with NSYNC, but you know what? You're going to turn heel at some point in time. The story is going to evolve. You're going to turn heel. You're going to jump on a tag team and the Backstreet Boys, and you're going to hop ship, and you're going to go and join the Backstreet Boys. That's it. Okay. I'd actually be tag team back again. And they're going to tag you in. They're going to tap you so that you go into the ring and do your thing. But, you know, you've got all of this history and this baggage from the from the previous group. I mean, that's a dangerous choice, my friend. No, all I would say is whoop, there it is, and join tag team. <laughs> Literally. You're just, just going to be a hype man. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, just straight up being like the sixth man, the sixth Saint Lunatic. Uh, yeah. You get the sixth man award for yeah. being in either group. <laughs> Coming off the bench when people yeah. need it. Like, I, I string the guitars like, guys, we don't so have... You just have to be a body double for one member of the group. <laughs> I'll be in D12. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm degrading this conversation. No, I mean, that's... There's the, no... Because def- it, was, it was highly evolved to begin with, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no... Dis- like, I could be in both. Like, there were some Backstreet Boys jams that were freaking awesome. Growing up, I really didn't listen to them. It's like, it's a guilty right. pleasure, like... That's what middle school girls listen to. We listen to Blur and Lit and uh, all this other stuff. Sugar Ray, that's Fastball. And I'm like, yeah. Sugar Ray, I owned his second album, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Who would you be in? 
I'm I'm going I I'm gonna trace this back purely to the economic side of things, my man. Um, I'm gonna go with Backstreet Boys, but I I do have some other supporting reasons for this choice. That I mean, do tell, really, the, pray the, tell. The, the the success and the finances is the first thing, uh, but the uh, I, I have a a reason that I think is going to be near and dear to both of our hearts. But I think you're going to find this uh, this might push you over the edge, like. Yeah, I might have to be the sixth member. You might have to be the seventh member of Factory Boys because okay. they had a track that they cut that was previously previously unreleased on any of their albums, but in a genius of marketing in the uh, in the late '90s, they decided, you know what, let's let's hop on board with a a, a restaurant chain and let's get that restaurant chain to uh, sell the this fine single. Um, you know, in their in their restaurants, okay. and that chain, my friend, was the Burger King. Oh, damn! I did not know this. Okay, so yeah. please explain. So I think Burger we might King, have changed I, already. I, I don't recall which song it was, but they they had a uh, uh, an unreleased track, and they partnered up with Burger King, and Bur- it was only available if you went to Burger King and bought this bought this single from them at Burger King. Really? <laughs> yeah. Backstreet Boys, Burger King. Yep. I'm intrigued. You continue, continue while I yeah, look it up. So, I mean, that. that, that one, I I think that is going to, that's going to be the, the one that sways you, but, uh, it's probably a, a, a remix of show me the meaning of being lonely, <laughs> but they also, and this is a, uh, you know, another fantastic thing that they've done for the world. Um, but there was a bunch of storms and uh, stuff down in, uh, down in Florida. Um, obviously, you know, uh, they get, with hurricanes and stuff but they also have tornadoes and just florida florida's just terrible in general and uh but backstreet boys got the key to the city of orlando for some of their efforts that they uh that they did in uh raising money for a uh tornado that went through one of the you know one of the areas of orlando sure so they i mean they might as well be the mayor of orlando at that point yeah it was probably when the Bulls got their Jordan jersey stolen. <laughs> if you don't know what so, we're talking about, go to the last episode. Take a look at that. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean that, that's another that's another fun fact of uh, the the fine boy band Backstreet Boys. Uh, but yeah, I mean uh, another awesome awesome thing that they did. Uh, Nick Carter is like a big fan of comics, and he met Stan Lee, and they made a comic. Oh, they were originally were going to do six. Uh, uh, like a six comic book series with Backstreet Boys. They decided, you know what? We don't have enough material here. Let's condense it down into one. But they made a Backstreet Boys comic with Stan Lee and they sold it at like all their shows. as like a souvenir and stuff. <laughs> really? Like yeah. now or in the, in the, I don't, I don't think they do it now. I don't think they're doing it. their Vegas residency, but at the height of their powers, I think that it was one of the items that was available. I just need to tell everybody that I, as I'm looking at Steve right now in the, in the video chat, he turned like, he's got the disco ball going on right now. He's all pink <laughs> and purple on that. He's getting the comic book mode there. I think you'd be no, the so, Backstreet Boys because you want to just hang out with Aaron Carter too. Well, I mean, what or is uh, what was his younger brother Nick Carter? No, Nick was in the band. Aaron Carter. Nick was. I'm sorry. Yeah, Aaron yeah. Carter. Yeah, because I want to. <laughs> what was Aaron Carter's stupid ass song that came out? <laughs> Come I'll, get it. <laughs> uh, something. I'll figure it out. I can't remember. I was never an Aaron Carter fan. Yeah. Uh, so I know this is what you're looking for, but the Backstreet Boys album. Uh, 
was called For the Fans. It was a limited edition of three CDs and a VHS tape. Oh, my um, God. And the CDs were exclusively distributed through Burger King restaurants in August of 2000 with the purchase of any value meal. Coming to a <laughs> South Florida Burger King restaurant, uh, For the Fans, Backstreet so, Boys and Burger So not only did you get hooked up, you know, you could go get a Whopper with cheese, you know, your choice of fries or onion rings, and a beverage, but then you could also get hooked up with a for the fans Backstreet Boys album. Dude, if I had a VHS player, I'd still probably go try to find one of those uh, <laughs> just to see what it looks like. Too bad it's not there. God. So no loving for NSYNC is at all. I like mean, I, I I feel like uh, so like you're almost at a choice where you got to choose between being in the Beatles and being with the Rolling Stones here. I mean, you've got uh, two powers you know that you just have to you just have to decide what side you're on and i like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna waffle in between like i want i'm gonna go with the uh the the group that's still you know like the much like the rolling stones this is a terrible comparison i'm not literally comparing the quality of music of, of backstreet boys yes, to you rolling are 100 but, but the one's still out there doing shit granted it's in las vegas but in sync where you been well, it, it's also apt. Me. It's also apt that you you made that comparison of the Backstreet Boys or the Stones touring, and the in sync is more of like the Beatles because exactly. one, one can make the argument that okay, he's not. Do you think it's more of a Paul or it's you have in uh, sync was one hundred percent led by Justin Timberlake and he's gone on to superstardom after sure. that. So I think you can take and make that analogy. Okay, NSYNC's gone, but you have the, you know, what I would have said, a John Lennon-esque career, not a V.I. Lennon. Uh, John Lennon, of course. Uh, it's like, do you want to be on the the ride that takes you up as high as you can go and then just dumps you off? Or do you want to be on the, the ride that's going to keep on keep on rolling, you know, for years and years to come? Do you think like, they're actually got the, – do you think they made money off of that stuff early on? No. Who? <laughs> the any of the members in the band oh I'm, I'm confident they got boned on whatever money because the guy who put both of them together was like stealing money from them and stuff so i can't i mean i'm sure they made plenty of money overall but uh relatively yeah, speaking to what yeah. they should have made it's crazy right yeah I'm, I'm sure they got ripped off at some point or another but yeah i mean they had like so much money like tied up in merchandising and shit like that i mean they they obviously i mean guys i mean they're they're still making money to this day. I mean, you got Backstreet Boys out in Vegas doing their residency, and it's like that shit's not sponsored cheap. by Burger King. <laughs> if, if it was, that'd be the best thing ever. <laughs> BK chicken fries. <laughs> get, get your get us fucking chicken fry on the way out of the theater. Yeah, way no, out I mean, of the th those, those way dudes are. The I mean, theater. those guys have the business savvy. Like they know that they're not out there to bring out new material. They're not out there to. Uh, they they just know it's like all right we're gonna go out there we're gonna play the hits and we're gonna get paid for it it's like i'm gonna go i'm gonna side with those guys even though you know maybe nsync could come out and you know do a reunion and like put out a whole new album of material it's like give me the guys who have already got the business conquered because i'm gonna get paid from those guys sure 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 well they're also <laughs> taking in new kids on the block too right they, 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 they toured uh, with I, them but it wasn't yeah they the toured with them yeah it's funny how like you think about Vegas residencies and you think of like the, you know, the Sammy Davis and uh, Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra. Right. And then just 
sh- a couple generations later, you have J Lo and Britney Spears and the Backstreet. Well, I I could go with that, but then like Celine well, Dion, like it's like really we went from these crooners to I was more thinking like the J Lo, uh, Britney Spears kind of thing, like yeah, the pop like wow in your face kind of like. Well, it's just kind of the evolution of the music industry too. It's like that was like all those guys. I mean, they were, you know, the big thing back you know back in the day when doing a Vegas residency wasn't seen as like just straight up a money grab either too. Right, like right. it was like you know, you Johnny Cash you were going yeah. you were going out there and yeah, you were playing shows and stuff, but I mean it was like I think that kind of started going downhill with like the Elvis thing. Like when when he started, I think it was kind of like the midpoint where like after that, like a lot of the artists that went out there, it's just straight up like uh all right, let's go out there, we'll do some shows and it's just it's straight up. Like there you you recognize that like the those artists are usually past their prime uh as far as creating anything new if you're doing a residency out there so then they go out there and just book a theater just play the old hits to people who want to hear those hits yeah i mean i could be totally wrong i mean i could i could be wrong i don't i wasn't around during the frank sinatra era maybe or or sammy davis or anything like that like maybe they those guys were just playing you know their hits right sure it like certainly seems that that's the case like you go out and it's a way to prolong your career. I mean, Britney Spears hasn't put out anything new in, in years. I mean, she's got a, a full blown, like sold out residency out there at Planet Hollywood. Yeah. And good for her. Don't I mean, not begrudging her in the slightest, but uh, yeah, at least that's what it seems like nowadays. So I got it figured out. I figured it all out when we were talking uh, in this whole thing. So you ready for this? Yeah. So if you were talking, this is going to be a little bit out there. So everybody that's listening to this has already signed an NDA and they can't steal this idea from me. <laughs> uh, it's going to be Cirque du Limp or Cirque du, Cirque du Sink. Okay. And it's going to be Limp. Uh, I keep saying Limp Biscuit Because it, it's that's gonna, our other idea. Yeah, it's going to literally be, um, I think they could come back and do like an sync related uh, Cirque du Soleil and that's their money grab, you know? No, they had I the Elvis, the Michael Jackson. You got Justin Timberlake doing stuff up there, you know. I don't the think Beatles? Justin Timberlake's desperate enough yet. Yeah. Well, I think the, like I think if you were to say like the other guys, like they'd be like, yeah, shit, let's sign the contract and do it now. But I don't think Justin Timberlake's there yet. Well, I'm going on the fact of the fact that the the Beatles have one at Mirage. So <laughs> yeah, but if you're comparing I mean, them to the Beatles, it's gonna be it's gonna happen. At some at point, at that point yeah. in time, you don't really have the full, you know, like you have less than a full deck of cards with the Beatles. So there's only so many people and, and they don't own the rights to their music. So it, yeah, you know, it is what I mean. Michael Jackson owned it. I don't know who owns it now. Cirque de Yance. <laughs> Cirque de Z. I'm, I'm thinking about these awesome, like collaborations of things. Who do that... you think would make more money though? Comp- between the two? Do you think if, uh, if you were to put up competing residencies in sync versus uh, backstreet boys, um, you know, all things being equal, um, who do you think makes more money in like a 30 day residency? That's tough because I'm trying to think back to all the middle school girls. And I don't think it was like my middle school age and uh, girls that were in my class and classes above. I don't think it was a we're an sync over Backstreet Boys. They just like uh-huh. both. So I think they would do equally well. To be- <laughs> and that's not trying to hedge or anything. I literally think they would do equally well. Like, I think. If you did 30 days starting now and you put one in Vegas, 
I think more people would do the Vegas one just because they haven't seen an InSync in forever. So it'd have that new uh, sure. new car smell, um, but the other one wouldn't be there. So like, I don't know. That's my thought. What are you, what what are your Oh, gosh, we got that little, like, the final horn here. I'm going to let you finish. (laughs) I'm going to let you finish, and then we can finish the show, okay? Thanks, Kanye. Um, Yeah, I would probably say I think NSYNC would make more uh, in a a short run like that. One, because of the novelty factor, uh, like you said with them. But uh, I think that – I don't know. I just – I think that, like, with Justin Timberlake being as big as he's gotten since he was with NSYNC, I think that that would push it over the top. Sure, sure. You don't think Nick Carter is as big as Justin? I, I don't think that's gonna. I don't think it's drawn as much. But, okay. Uh, hey, I could be wrong. I, you know, I've I've been wrong in the past. You know, just look, go back a couple episodes to my hockey picks. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. That's sad. <laughs> but uh, I think with that, with the last final air horn, we have finished up our Dan Marino episode. Just like Dan Marino did, we did not win the Super Bowl, no. uh, but we did our best effort to get us there, and we threw a lot of passes and completions there. <laughs> uh, with it steve roll us out for, with this tell us all the metadata yeah absolutely uh check us out at oh uh there you can catch uh, all the episodes you can download them uh, play them straight from your uh, browser uh you can also check us out on facebook uh find us like us on facebook um you can also catch us on twitter and uh, you can also get us uh, individually on twitter if you're so inclined to uh, see our random musings at p for r one or at steve Hombaker. And uh, if you want to support the show, go ahead and hit us up on Patreon. We've got a campaign running, and uh, yeah, we'd be uh, love to love to hear from you if you got any sort of feedback for the show, any any uh, reviews, or uh, if you want to send us a uh, you know a message in a bottle, we'll take it. Uh, you know, Patrick's right by Lake Michigan, so uh, he can go stand by the beach and uh, pick one up out of the water if he needs to. It's a lake, so you got to go from upstream or up lake, down lake, and hopefully it gets there. Uh, just kind of want to do this and give you a little bit of a preview about what we're going to try to talk about next week. Uh, we got WWF wrestling from the 80s and 90s. Pick your favorite wrestler. We also have favorite non-major Olympic sport that you will sit down and watch for hours. And then we will also talk about times that the uh, nature was not graceful and decided <laughs> that you did not need to be in it for that. But so well, join we've us. Got some, we've got some good uh, good material. Yeah, for that. And, then, and, then in the, and then the next week we come back with some uh, Dark Lord Day prep and stuff like that. So uh, until then, we will bid you a fair adieu. adieu. Until that, I'm Steve. I'm Patrick. Peace. We will see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs>